Yes. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And um, I'm going to be reading from the Message Bible. And I think that's the text you're going to have up. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 22 to 25. And uh, uh, the ladies who have been, um, who are mothers and who have given birth, um, you perhaps understand this particular version. You understand perhaps why I've chosen it as I read through it. In Romans chapter 8, verses 22 to 25, all around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain through the world are simply birth pains. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is around us within. We're also feeling the birth pains. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant woman. We are engaged in the waiting. We, of course, do not see the enlarging in us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us. Making prayer out of our worthless sighs and aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of, of love for God is worked into something good. I like that version to go along with today's uh, message and uh, especially on Mother's Day and motherhood. Now, uh, just by way of statistics or by way of information, Mother's Day, and, and I read some of this last year, so if you think that I uh, recopied this from last year, I did. But uh, uh, there is more to it than what uh, I read from last year. Mother's Day uh, is celebrated on the second Sunday in May. In 1880s and 1890s, there was a several attempts at bringing a, a Mother's Day celebration into being, but it, didn't, it only lasted at a local level. The holiday was created by Anna Jarvis in Grafton, West Virginia in 1908, and, uh, and that is the day that is honored as one's Mother's Day. Jarvis wanted to accomplish her mother's dream of making a celebration for all mothers, although the idea didn't take off until she enlisted uh, the help of the wealthy Philadelphia merchant John Wanamaker. She kept promoting the holiday until President Woodrow Wilson made an official holiday in 1914. So those of you who are looking for trivia, that's it. 1914. The event, but eventually, the holiday became so highly commercialized that many, including its founder, Anna Jarvis, considered it a Hallmark holiday. <laughs> Hallmark? Cards? Jarvis eventually ended up opposing the holiday, which she helped to create. 
She criticized the practice of purchasing greeting cards. I won't ask how many bought cards. Uh, she criticized the greeting cards because she felt they should be homemade or that you should write letters rather than allowing someone else to write your little notes for you. She was arrested in 1948 for distributing, or excuse me, for disturbing the peace while protesting against the commercialization of Mother's Day. And she finally said that she wished she would have never started the day because it became so out of control. Um, Mother's Day is now the most popular day of the year for dining out, for those of you who wish to go dining out this afternoon or haven't done so. This morning at breakfast, it was, it was full and there was all these people, but they were mostly men. I didn't understand. You know, all these guys were going out for breakfast for Mother's Day. I don't know. And um, so it's the most um, uh, popular day for eating out. Uh, uh, Americans will spend approximately $2.6 billion on flowers. We help the economy. We have flowers today. $2.6 billion, $1.5 billion in pampering gifts, spas, treatments, things like that. Did any of you get part of the $1.5 billion? You didn't, so poke somebody next to you. Another $68 million on greeting cards. And it is also uh, the highest call volume um, of any day will take place today. And there are 7.8% of the U.S. jewelry industry's annual revenue. 7.8%, almost 9% of, the, of jewelry's annual revenue is on Mother's Day. So now you know the rest of the story. So Mother's Day, we do a lot, think a lot, prepare a lot for Mother's Day. And, you know, today I, I look at it, or we look at it here as a celebration of, of mothers and also of the ladies, and Daughter's Day. There was a, an individual this morning told me uh, that, you know, she wasn't a mother, but her mother told her we should have a celebration of Daughter's Day. So I thought, hey, why not? So we have Daughter's Day, Mother's Day celebration. So everybody who's a lady, who's not a mother, is a daughter. Anybody here who's not a daughter that is a lady? impossible to be a tongue. So anyhow, the message Bible that we have um, talks about pregnancy and talks about birth and talks about how that, that it doesn't diminish. And as I was reading this, I was thinking about the idea of sometimes now I, I've never, I've never been pregnant. I may look it, but um, Sometimes, you know, ladies, uh, from what I have inquired and understand, sometimes ladies, that whenever you are with child, that's a nice with child, that's a very biblical term, whenever you are with child, sometimes you don't feel like you are with child, you become so used to the, the child inside or just being there. Now I know towards the end it is not that way at all, but it, in, you know, in this process of the, of the development of the child in the womb, there may, you may be with child, and the waiting may, may appear to be something that is not really beneficial. It's not really taking place. Well, that's why the scripture tells us to wait in hope. It's that no matter what we do in our lives, whenever we are waiting in hope for God, 
we have a hopeful expectation and it's not, our expectations are not diminished because we are waiting. In fact, God's delays are not the cancellations of our prayers nor the cancellation of our answers. So we find this whole thing that God is doing here. He, he likens it, Paul likens it here to... Um, we are, that, that, the, that, that is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. Waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. If you are having a baby, waiting doesn't take the baby away. <laughs> it's still there. While waiting, and this is what we, we see in this whole process of our own lives and in the characteristics that we're going to speak of in a minute, that because we are waiting and seemingly nothing has happened doesn't diminish who we are, what we are, and what we are expecting. So ladies would understand this more than anyone else, that whenever you are waiting to give birth, because you're waiting doesn't diminish the fact that the child inside of you is growing. So too, in waiting on God and waiting for the answers, waiting for things to transpire in our faith does not diminish what God is going to do. That's why I chose this scripture today. You see, we see the world around us. We see how spiritually infected parts of our society are. Infected with sin and, spirit and physically and moral decay. But you see, Christians are not to be pessimistic about what's going on around them. That we have a hope for today and for tomorrow. Because we wait for the coming of Jesus Christ does not diminish the fact that he is coming. Does not take it away that we are preparing ourselves for that time in which Christ will return. We look forward, we look toward the promises that are given to us, and we look forward to the promises being fulfilled in our life and in the life of, of what God wants to do in us and, and around us. A new heaven and a new earth that one day will be here, uh, that is free from sin and sickness and evil. And we as Christians, we go with Christ into this world, into this world that is around us, and we take we take on the effects of sin. We take on the effects of, of ungodliness and of unrighteousness. We take on the effects of evil. And as parents, as parents, grandparents, friends of people who have children, neighbors of individuals who have children, we prepare our children to take on life, to take on the difficulties of life, to, to face it. The text says, that's why waiting does not diminish us. Waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. Mothers who wait the nine months know that waiting did not diminish their pregnancy. In fact, the baby was growing every part of that process. Waiting. We are enlarged in the waiting. We are enlarged in the waiting, and we, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. 
But the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. Who hopes for what he already has, the scripture says. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. We wait for it patiently because in this whole process, it is growing and developing. And so we, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, we see and there is an expectancy. There is joyful there is, an, there is a joy and there is a joy in that expectancy. So our Heavenly Father never makes a promise to us that He won't keep. We pray the Scriptures over our children. We pray and we believe that God will touch our children, will touch us with the, the Scriptures that we pray, and that God will touch our lives, and as we pray them, read them, and, and we are sensitive to the Word of God, We are sensitive to apply that scripture and apply that word to our lives and to our children and to their lives. We talk about it. We talk about the scriptures. We talk about our relationship with God. It's important that we discuss it. I mean, we discuss other things with our children. We need to be discussing things with our children. And so we need to be sensitive, as it were, to the Word of God that we have in front of us, that we read and we pray, and that we, you know, the, the salvation, the blessing, the, the wisdom, the protection, the love, the understanding, the healing, the direction, the development of our lives. It's all part of this relational experience that we have with God. And it's all part of this process of growing. And our growing in our faith don't change the fact, ladies, The waiting doesn't change the fact that your child is growing in your womb. And our waiting for God and our waiting for the promises of God does not change the fact that God will bring those promises into our life. So as we pray them, as we remember them, as we discuss them, it it adds value and direction to us. It gives us a sense of purpose that is greater than our own. This is the day, the day-by-day growth pattern for us and for our children. At times, uh, our children will challenge the boundaries. But there's a difference between challenging the Ten Commandments and challenging the idea of standing in line. (laughs) You guys don't listen to this, okay? You're not supposed to listen to this part. (laughs) Yes, you are. You know... Our society, and this is, and, and this is, it, it has to be this way, but it, it just needs some tweaking. How about that? That's a good way of saying it. There are times, now, the, the Ten Commandments are God's, God's laws. You break these commandments, you're going to hurt yourself, you're going to hurt your relationship with people, you're going to hurt your relationship with others, yourself, and with God, okay? The Ten Commandments are there to give us protection and provision. Okay, but there are also rules of standing in line. Now, there are times that you have to stand in line. You know, in school, teachers, you're going to be an enemy for this one, but, you know, I am. I'm entitled to my opinion. I'm the preacher. Okay, (laughs) we teach our kids to stand in line. Okay, stand in line, do it this way, do it this way, follow directions, write your name on the paper, do it this way, you know, you know, creativity, don't worry about it, just do it. Just do the test. Aha, 
Right? Just do the test the way it says on the test. And, and, you know, I've been taking these tests from, you know, the Liberty University. I'm going to college again. <sighs> Wonderful. I have a test today and a paper due today. Uh, so anyhow, you, you, you read the question. And it's like, okay, why do you have to put such stupid words in sequence that are meant only to trick you? Answer, ask the question, is it yes or is it no? Don't ask me, perhaps, maybe this way, go to A, go to B, to go to C, to go to D, to end up at E. You know, and don't do that to me. Just ask me the question, okay? So, I, you got this thing where people want you to stand in line, okay? Stand in line for here, stand in line for here, stand in line for here. Now, you graduate from high school, graduate from college, what do they tell you to do? Excel. Go and excel. Get out of line. Be different. Go forward. It's like, well, we didn't tell them to do that the whole time we were giving them an education. <laughs> we, weren't, we didn't tell them to do that the whole time we were learning. But you see, learning, and this is the thing about our relationship with God and our relationship with, and, and bringing all those rules, you know, there has to be rules in our society. There has to be rules in a family. If there are no rules, there's chaos. <laughs> you know, if there were no speed limits, some of you wouldn't be here. <laughs> you would be wrapped around a tree somewhere and recuperating. Because there has to be speed limits. There has to be rules. There has to be guidelines. There has to be these things in our society. But there is also inside of us, there is this desire to be different to be unique. And that, I believe, is where God has put his stamp in each one of us. Because God doesn't do the same thing twice. You look around. Go ahead, look around. Who looks like you? <laughs> Who looks like you? Who has your fingerprint? Huh? No one has your fingerprint. No one has your ability to write the way you do. No one is like you. And so we are, we are a world of individuals. We are a world of individuals. And sometimes we get caught up in conformity. And, but I'm not into rebellion and not either. You, there, there's, there's a balance that you're, we're trying to reach. And this is the thing that we're trying to teach in our families and teach our children and teach ourselves. That while we are waiting doesn't mean it's a time to rebel. It means that there's something growing on, growing on inside of us. So we need to be sensitive to the Word of God, be sensitive to the will of God, the purpose of God. Now, it's a day-by-day -day growth pattern for us. It's a day-by-day -day process. Something is going on inside of us. Something is going on in our minds and our hearts, and we do grow and we do change. You know, especially uh, teenage years and, you know, growing from... You know, Marissa was here, <laughs> and it's been a while. That's Rhonda's niece's little girl, and I haven't seen her for a year since Christmas. I bet she grew six inches since Christmas. It was like, wow, you know, she's, wow, she grew. She just, boom, shot up, and that happens. <laughs> you know, some of you have teenagers. How big's your feet? <laughs> How big? Ah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I remember my uh, my um, nephew, 
nephew's boy. I, I think he was in ninth grade. He wore size 16. <laughs> yeah, they had to order his shoes special. You know, I mean, how can you be, you know, 16 years old or 14 years old and have a 16 shoe? You know, it's like, whoa, you know, that was only the great athletes and basketball players when I was a kid. You know, it has size 16s. But everything changes and we all go through these spurts and we go through this stuff that's going on inside us. Well, that's why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. Waiting for this to take place in our life. Now, as we see all these things coming together, but the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. All right. So what are the six characteristics that we're going to talk about this morning? You see... Because our prayers have not been answered, never give up on the process. Waiting is not diminishing you. Okay? So as a mother, as a parent, as an individual dealing with children, and we all deal with children, there is certain things, certain characteristics that we need to keep in mind. And that as we keep these characteristics in mind, they do not diminish because they just don't happen yet. The first one is beginning. Beginning. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. And it goes on to say, verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. The beginning of a family life and this, this psalm talks about this. The beginning of a family life is a lot like a vapor. It seems like in our society that families are, can be like vapors that are there and evaporate. They go away. And that they come and they go by separation and by changes and, and things that happen. While the challenge may be for us that we may want to just go away. But God puts his angel before us. So there is a beginning of this understanding of our relationship with God and our responsibility to God and to our family and to what God has placed in our hands that God puts his angels before you, behind you, to the left of you, to the right of you, beneath you, above you, and you and you and desires, he puts all these things around you, and desires to stop the vapor from disappearing. When I was looking for this scripture, I, I, I found this idea that, that sometimes we feel like we're alone, and whenever we feel like we're alone, we feel like a vapor that can be just goes away. Challenges don't feel that way. Don't feel like a vapor. And don't feel like your family or yourself or your child or children, whatever, you, your, whatever makes your family, don't let it be a vapor. Don't let it puff away. Because God has put himself around you. Ask God to keep you. 
Pray the promise at the beginning of your day. At the beginning of every day, pray the promise that is there. Know the word, be sensitive to the word, and pray the word over your life and over your children and over yourself. Because heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. You see, the vapor effect is that there is nothing beyond my wish and my wants, but the beginning effect that is in God, that God has created and He will sustain and He will keep you, and His Word will be that substance that will keep you for eternity. Ten Commandments. Number two, esteem. Philippians 2.3 Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, But in lowliness of mind, let each of us esteem others better than ourselves. You see, family is about building character. This is a character-building moment. (laughs) In one of my um, um, favorite westerns, um, most of them include Clint Eastwood, (laughs) <laughs> and uh, his, uh, his uh, the outlaw Josie Wells, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, some of you know it by heart, and some of you wish you didn't know it by heart. But uh, in the outlaw Josie Wells, the uh, Indian who is, was there with the, you know, in Washington, D.C., he says, that his, his speech was, while he was standing there, they had to want a big hat like this, and you endeavor to persevere, you know? You endeavor to persevere, you know? And, you know, whenever we are trying to build character, <laughs> it's, it's more than just eloquent words and somebody telling us, endeavor to persevere, that it is character that is done by the doing. You know, character that is done by the doing. I guess um, for my own life, I, I think back to my days on the farm. <laughs> and um, if you ever felt sick, you know, I know I've said this before, if you ever felt sick, my mom would say, take two aspirin and go to the barn. <laughs> Why? Because there were chores to be done. And if you didn't do your chores, who was going to do them? So therefore, they had to be done, and if you were able to walk, or even if you weren't able to walk, you took two aspirin and you went to the barn. You know? I remember the time uh, I was trampled in a stall. You know? I mean, I was literally stomped on, kicked, and, you know, the whole works. And I fell out over the bars and laid on the ground there. And my dad said, well, you can probably go in and lay down. (laughs) So I got up and walked into the house (laughs) and laid down. And then my mother said, well, take two aspirin and go to the barn. Your chores need to be done. So, you know, it. You know, today we'd have been in the emergency room, MRIs, and you know all this other stuff to find out what type of brain damage, internal damage, was done to this poor boy. But now we know the rest of the story. He was kicked in the head too many times by the cow. 
So we have these things, you know, you know, are they character building or just stupidity? I don't know. But it's just where you grew up and, you know, you know, something went wrong and now we run to the emergency room and pictures and all this stuff. But back then, the hospital's, you know, half hour away. <laughs> you just lay down for a while. If you pass out, we'll take you in. Okay. But we see that character and perseverance and, and what is character? You know, there are chores to be done. You know, when we talk about chores today, uh, what are they? Take out the garbage. I don't want to take out the garbage. <laughs> I got to run the sweeper. I don't want to run the sweeper. My gosh, you know how hard that is? You know, we've got these things going on. And, you know, we got all this stuff going on. And, but what is character? And character is something that is inside of us. And we do it because it has to be done, you know. It's there. You know, live. We love. We show love. We be loving. Loving to self. Loving to others. And, you know, it, it, it sweetens your family life. <laughs> loving and caring. Beginning. Beginning by prayer. Esteem by love. Three, an example. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. You see, if you desire your children to grow up reverencing God, then you need to have a reverence for God in your own heart and show your delight in God and walk with God. It's not about perfection and it's not about not understanding. It's a beginning of a relationship. And any relationship that begins is, is awkward sometimes at first. And it's awkward. Well, what do you say whenever you pray? Well, what do you want to say? <laughs> what do you want God to know? Talk to Him. Talk to Him about it. We'll read the Scriptures and, wow, that psalm really says something. Let me read it again. Well, how many times do I have to read it? Read it until you quit. Read it until it means more to you than what it seemed at the first. It's not about perfection. It's about genuineness. It's about your own character. There's no substitute for a loving example. We live what we believe. We walk the talk. We are what we are. We show it. And do we fall? Yes. Paul, even the Apostle Paul said, things I want to do, I don't do. I've made a, I continue to make mistakes. And if Paul can say that, I think all of us can say it. So beginning by prayer, esteem by love, example. Example is by living. Third is forgiveness. No, fourth, forgiveness. Thank you. She's good at pushing the buttons. Walt, you raised her well. Push buttons. Forgiveness. Psalm 68.5 For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Forgiveness is not an option. I can just quit right there. Forgiveness is not an option. <laughs> you know, you have to, we have to forgive. Because if you don't forgive, you carry it with you. And I want to know, how much can you carry? (laughs) 
How much old baggage can you lug? And how many people can you really hate? And how big of a container do you have to put all those people in <laughs> to drag them around, to let them know that you hate them and hate what they've done to you and you hate the pain that they've created? Forgiveness is not an option. We must forgive them and let it go. <laughs> we'll never forget because you don't have the ability to forget. Now, some of us are gifted in that. <laughs> some of us have a really special gift of, for, of forgetting. Any of you good at forgetting? Yes, thank you, thank you, yes. There are some who know. Yeah, we know what forgetting, that gift that God has given us. Can't, I don't want to take the blame for that one. It's not my fault, dear. God caused me to forget. <laughs> not true to those of you who are listening by way of that it's not true. We're just kidding. We do have the ability to remember, but we have the ability to forgive and allow God's forgiveness to touch our life. So begin by prayer, esteem by loving, an example by doing, forgiveness by forgiving. And fifth is hope. Hope is Psalm 71, 56. For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. By you I have been upheld from birth. You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall be continually of you. We choose life. You know, I like that bumper sticker. says, choose life. Your mother did. <laughs> choose life. Your mother did. Hope is a mother's defense against troubles in life. Exercise hope daily as you talk with your family. As you pray, believe for the best. Ground your hope in love and a godly expectation. And the sixth one is patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You know, there's so many times, I think, that we look at ourselves and say and know what we're lacking. But, you know, the Bible says if you will be patient, there will come a time when that lacking will not be as great. Begin by prayer, esteem by love, example by doing, forgiveness by forgiving, hope by godly expectation, and patience by waiting. Waiting through trials and circumstances brings us to a place of seeing what God will do. And the scripture that we read, all around us we observe pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pains. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pains. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us. Any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. 
But the longer we wait, the longer we become, excuse me, the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. Do you see how all these come together? The moment we get tired of the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside us, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs in aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. That deals with us, ladies deals with you and your family and your children, your birthing process, the growing process of the child in the womb. Expectation, the weight does not diminish the growth of the child. So too, our faith in our waiting does not diminish what God is going to birth in our lives. Amen? Shall we stand? The children downstairs... Can we bring them up? We have all the ladies, all the ladies, all the daughters. <laughs> come. Come on down. You're the next recipient. So, well, come on down. Yes. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You think I was going to ask you for something instead of give you something, you know? Yeah. Come on. Come on, squeeze in. Yeah. That's right, do too much work. Yeah. 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 Okay, ladies, come on down. Yeah. There we go. There we go, all the little ones from downstairs. Yeah. Okay. Well, today being uh, Mother's Day and also for the Daughter's Day, and we want you to uh, have a gift from us. Where's the girls? Any other girls? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is everyone up? Everyone here? Okay. So, guys, you're probably going to go plant these. <laughs> but the ladies get to choose them, right? Yeah. But anyway, uh, I just want to say it is our pleasure. It is our... That's okay. <laughs> it's, our, it's our gift to you. It's our gift to you of um, flowers that they continue to grow and you plant them and they're, they're just part of uh, something, you know, blossoming in your yard or garden. So too our lives, they are what we give and plant in other people's lives and they grow and they blossom. So thank you. And uh, we want you each to take 
one for you. And if you have mothers that you're going to see today, give, take them a gift uh, from us. Um, daughters that are going to see today, take them a gift from us and uh, say thank you to them. <laughs> 